0: Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word, so grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. show me your mysteries, my God. Today, we're going to move on after the death of Abraham. That's where we were last week. Um, Abraham uh, died in last week's passage, and we covered that. Uh, But it's actually kind of interesting if you do the math. Um, Based on Isaac's age when Abraham died and Isaac's age when the twins are born, uh, the twins were born before Abraham died. Uh, so we don't have to see this passage as chronological and that this happened and then this happened just because one came before other, the other in uh, the way that Moses recorded it here. Um, so just a little interesting tidbit for you there. Don't really have any major point out of that other than now you know too. Um, and, uh, but another interesting uh, thing is as we, we look at, at this um, passage and where we're going today, is we've, we've seen so many promises relating to Isaac, right? So many promises relating to Isaac as we for months now have been going through Abraham's life, right? One story after another, one account after another about things that happened to Abraham and things with Abraham, 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 Abraham. Abraham. Um, and so much of it related to promises with relating to Isaac. So you would think at, at this point, Now that Abraham's out of of the picture, Isaac's the main one of, of carrying the promise at this point, you would think that Isaac would be a pretty main character at this point in the story of history, right? You would think that probably we would have as many chapters, or if not more, about Isaac and his life as we had about Abraham. But instead, with Isaac, we basically have his dad died and he had kids, I mean, really, when you boil down what we have in Scripture relating to Isaac, what do we have? He's born. He's almost sacrificed by his father. He's married. He has kids. One of his kids and his wife trick him, and he dies. Right? That's pretty much what we have about Isaac in Scripture. Um, And so I, I point that out to say this. Maybe that's a good application for some of us in our lives. Can we, will we say that Isaac's not important? Absolutely not. Scripture's very clear. Isaac's very important. Isaac's life is very important. He plays an integral key role in God's plan in redemptive history. He was the child of promise. He's a very prominent, important person in Scripture and in human history. And yet, what he did in his life was he lived... He got married, he had kids, and he died. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we might think, oh, to you know, really bring glory to God, we've got to have some big elaborate story in our life, we've got to do some big major thing, we've got to do something huge. When in reality, all God wants is faithfulness. That's pretty much what we see from Isaac. We don't see a lot of drama. We don't see him doing all this kind of crazy stuff that is you know that we we saw some of with Abraham and that kind of thing, like we just see a guy that's living his life and fulfilling what God planned for his life. We'll see in the passage today that he knew God, he talked to God, he prayed to God, the same for Rebecca, his wife. We'll see both of those in the passage today, but just be affirmed and be encouraged if maybe you feel like in my life, I don't know if it's amounting to much. I don't know if it's adding up to much. I don't know if a great story is going to be written by my life. Well, be encouraged by this. Are you being faithful? And are, are you following God in what he wants for your life? If so, there can be a, some great things just in having a normal life. And so be encouraged by that, hopefully, this morning. But before we get further into Isaac, um, we do have to deal with that other kid again. Uh, So Ishmael uh, jumps up again here first in our passage for today. So we're in Genesis chapter 25, starting in verse 12. And these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, named in order of their birth. Nibiath, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kedar, Abdeel. Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jeder, Naphish, and Kedema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their villages and by their encampments, 12 princes according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. He breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria. He settled over against all his kinsmen. So, this is what we have for Ishmael. Kind of wrapping up Ishmael here. Um, he's kind of been this, this figure through the story. Um, and you say, well, Wayne, there's a, a bunch of names. Um, I, I want to say, just as a friend, I'm very glad none of you named your kids these names. Um, because they are hard to pronounce. If you did, I apologize uh, for you making that mistake. Um, but uh, but no, seriously. Like, what do we what do we do with this passage? Well, this is a really a key passage that tells us again a theme that we've seen over and over in Genesis. So you've heard me you've heard me say this multiple times, and and that's one good thing about scripture when it repeats itself. Hopefully, as it repeats itself. Uh, we can get it through our thick skulls, skulls, what it's trying to tell us, right? So uh, just be reminded of this again today, that we see this in this passage right here, that God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. And so you're like, well, what do you, what do you mean, Wayne? Where are you coming from with that? Well, in Genesis 21, uh, in verse 18, it says this. Um, this is when uh, Hagar is fleeing with Ishmael from Sarah because she's not liking him anymore. And God says this to her, up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. So God promised to Hagar, hey, I'm, I'm going to make your son into a great nation. What do we just see? He's already got 12 princes by the time he dies. Like he's already becoming a great nation uh, by the end of his life. Um, but further in God's promises, besides just that one to Hagar, uh, back in, in Genesis 17, we saw this, uh, when God is talking uh, to Abraham um, about Isaac still coming, that Isaac wasn't born yet. Um, and Abraham kind of throws out, no, well, well, what about Ishmael? I got Ishmael now, can't that work? Um, and here's what, what God says uh, to, to Abraham at that point. Um, In Genesis 17, starting in verse 19, God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. And he shall father 12 princes. And I will make him into a great nation, but I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at the time next year. And so we see here again, God said, this is what's going to happen. God made promises. This is what's going to happen. And what happened? God fulfilled his word. He kept those promises. Ishmael has how many princes? Twelve. How many did God say he was going to have? 12. No more, no less. Exactly what God said was going to happen, happened. And so we can, we can take this and we can learn from here and be reminded once again that God is good for his promises. He keeps them. He keeps his word. And so last week um, on Easter, we looked at some of God's promises. We looked at his promises relating to what's after this life. And what we can, we can be reminded of today is he's going to keep those promises. That yes, Jesus is going to come again. And he is going to judge the living and the dead. And those who are in Christ Jesus get to go with him for eternity. And those who are not written in the, their names are not written in his Lamb's book of life. They go into the lake of fire. That's a promise of God. That's what God has said is going to happen. And just the same way that God told uh, Abraham, hey, your son Ishmael is going to have 12 princes, and he had 12 princes. The same thing when God says, hey, my son, my son is the way, the truth, and the life. My son is the only way to be made right with me. If he kept his promises relating to Abraham's illegitimate child, I can definitely guarantee you that he's going to keep all of the promises relating to his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And so we can, we can take the word of God and we can be affirmed over and over again that yes, God keeps his promises. He keeps his word. And he's told us, hey, here's what's to come. Here's what's in the future. If you want to be with me, the way to do that is through faith in Jesus Christ and believing in what he did on the cross and letting his grace and his mercy cover you. You cannot earn it. You cannot do anything to attain it yourself. You can simply ask him and receive it from him. As the free gift that he gives to us. And so yes. We see again here that God keeps his promises. But Moving on. It says this. Verse 19. These are the generations of Isaac. Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac. And Isaac. Uh, was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, uh, the Aramean of Patamaran, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And so here again we see a key person, a key family in God's story of redemption, the one that He's promised everything through their lineage, again, struggling and having trouble to have children. Um, you've got Ishmael over here. He seems to just be popping out princes one after another, right? Like he's, and then here's Isaac. Gets married at 40. At 60, he's like, Still no kids. What's going on, God? How's this happening? And, and yet, in this story, we can see again how God works. And we can learn more about God. Because the way that this happened, the only way to explain it is, once again, just like with Isaac's birth uh, through Sarah. Again, the, the birth of the twins here, the only way to explain it is the fact that God did it. God did it. They had 20 years of trying on their own and nothing. And then Isaac prayed and God answered. God did it. God answers prayers. He does. That's what he does. He answers prayers. This is, this is a great thing for us. And, and we see Isaac's faith even in this, that he knows, hey, uh, we've got a problem here in our family. We've got something we're struggling with, and I'm going to take it to the Lord. And the Lord answered. Now, the passage isn't clear. We don't know how long Isaac was praying that prayer. You know, was it five years in he started praying? Ten years in? Fifteen? Did he pray it once and then God answered? We don't know. But it, it is clear that Isaac prayed and God answered this prayer. And I know that this, this still is something that, that many of us uh, today struggle with. Many many people even in our church, in our congregation, struggle with wanting to have kids and not being able to. And, and so, yes, I encourage you to, to follow Isaac's example and pray for it. We also have to be, be wise and, and follow in the rest of the counsel of scripture that, that sometimes God's purposes and his plans might be something different than what we want. And we have to accept that and we have to say, okay, well, well what is it that you want, Lord? But one thing we can be clear on is the fact that God does respond to and answer our prayers. Um, and so I want to ask you, what is it that, that you're praying for? What is it that you're praying for that that if God answered it and it happened, the only way to explain it is wow, look what God did. Wow, look what God did. I want to tell you, I think right now we're sitting in the middle of a a setting of wow, look what God did. What's happening right here in this moment in this time by earthly standards makes no sense. This church should not be here. I should not be here. All right? Like, by earthly sense, why on earth is some redneck from Mississippi up here in Canada preaching to you? Right? Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and even if, if you know the history of this church and the point that, um, that they got to at one point before, before I came, that it, it really, by earthly sense, it didn't make sense to even really keep going right? I'm looking at a few of you that were, that were here then that were, were living through that. Um, you know, they, they tell me when I came that we had 12 people. Um, but I'll be honest with you. I never saw all 12 at once. Um, <laughs> so I'm not too sure about that. Um, but no, I'm joking. But, but in all seriousness, why is this church here? Why did, why did those 12 stick it out? Why did they keep going? Well, I believe it was because they prayed. They they prayed and they, they to a person, they've told me, they were like, yeah, God just didn't give us a piece that we were done yet. That and Derek looked us all in the face and said, God's not done yet. So <laughs> we couldn't argue with Derek. Um, and I say that not to, to put too much credit on one person or one couple, but I really firmly believe and will always say that Potter's House exists because of Derek and Marjorie's prayers. They have been faithful. Um, over the years, to pray for this church and pray for God's work here, um, to pray for God to bring a pastor here, and I guess the best he could do was me. But um, but God has answered their prayers. The things that they've prayed for, um, He's answered. And uh, you know, we were especially reminded of that last Sunday um, and again today, we're, uh, we're 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 packing this place out, and God's in the middle of doing something that that only can be explained by God did it right? Um, it's, it's not, no magic formula we figured out, like no great marketing strategy. Like, you know, honestly, we've almost given up on even trying to do marketing because we would spend money on it and not see anything from it. And then we're, now we're just kind of sitting back and letting God work and he's bringing people. And it's great to see new faces even today. Welcome. We're glad to have you. It was great last Sunday having new people here. Um, and that leads us to another thing that I want to ask you to, to pray with me on. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Derek and Marjorie are already praying for this too. Um, I actually haven't talked with Derek much about it lately, but uh, most of you are aware that on that back wall, it says we're only supposed to have 100 people in here. Um, last Sunday, we had 114 at church. Um, so you don't have to be a math scholar. Um, <laughs> to figure that one out that hey we we might have some issues to work through and the elders are talking about that we're praying about that like what's next where do we go from here how do we how do we resolve this how do we you know meet these the needs and provide a way for God to keep working in the way that he's working right we we want to see more people reached with the gospel we want to see our church able to help more people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus we want to see that keep happening for more and more people in our community in our area and so, what does that look like? How how is that going to happen? And uh, with the the elders, we've you know we've been doing research and we're we're looking at um, properties and like other rentals and anything that might be a solution. And I'll tell you, we haven't found the perfect solution yet. But I'll tell you this too: um, I don't know if you guys know this, but stuff around here is very expensive. <laughs> Are you guys aware of that? Especially when you're talking about land our buildings or rent. Like it's crazy around here, right? And I want to tell you the only way I see something happening next is us to be able to step back at the end and say, wow, look what God did. That's the only way it's going to happen. Because... Um, the elders, we know what our church numbers are and what our church bank accounts are, and we, we know what things cost. And so we're in the place of asking you to join us in saying, God, what do you want? And God, will you give us what we need as a church to continue to fulfill the mission that you've given us so that we can continue to reach more and more people with the gospel? And we know there's other solutions, other other possible things we can try and that kind of thing, but um, but yeah, we just want to invite you as the church to join us in praying that prayer because I really believe, you know, hopefully a few years from now, we'll be able to look back and just say, wow, look what God did. And that will be the only way to explain it because it won't be from any great marketing strategy, or, you know, i I don't think any of you are in the place of where you're ready to write one huge check just to to cover a land purchase. Um, you know, if if you do, got a couple million, you we've got a great place for it, um, a great great way we can use it. Um, come talk to us. Um, but no, in all seriousness, like you know, I I think the only way we're going to be able to explain it is, wow, look what God did. And since you know, the, over the history of this church, that's what we've seen over and over again. Even at the moment we were, were taking on this building, we still were, were quite a bit smaller as far as our group, and we were at the point of like looking at the numbers and looking at rent, which the rent on this thing is way cheaper than anything else in town, but still it was a stretch for us. We're like, how can we do this? You know what? God's been faithful. He's met our needs every step of the way. He's given us exactly what we needed. Maybe not everything we wanted, but everything we've needed. And we can we can rest assured that he's going to keep doing that and he's going to continue uh, to be faithful but what about in your life I'll ask you to join me in praying on that for our church but what is there in your life that that if you're praying about it and God answered your prayer the only explanation would be wow look what God did are you praying that prayer Is your faith strong enough to even be able to ask that thing which seems like it's impossible? That thing that seems like that just couldn't even happen? I want to encourage you. Be bold and pray that prayer. Ask the Lord for that thing that's on your heart, that thing that that matters so much to you, that thing that that maybe you're, you're scared to even pray it. But also, as I kind of hinted at before, we have to be open to God's answers and to his plan. And the fact that, that his will is bigger than our will. It's better than our will. And sometimes what, what we will, what we really want, isn't what's best. Isn't what he wants. And Paul gives us an example of this in 2 Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12, he says this. So to keep me from being coming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul is saying, hey, there was something that was bothering him. I've seen a really funny meme um, on the internet. It was... Uh, who was the messenger of Satan. And it's a picture of Paul with SpongeBob SquarePants on his shoulder. Um, And so that would be pretty annoying if you had SpongeBob following you around all the time. Um, But no, seriously, we don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. We don't know what this messenger of Satan was that was, was bothering him. But Paul wanted it to go away. His prayer, he said, I prayed it three times. God, please take this away. And yet God said, no, no, you need to be reminded of my sufficiency. You need to be reminded that my grace is enough for you. You You don't have to have everything on your own. And Paul's saying, hey, this reminded me of the humility that I need in my life, that it's not me, it's not how great I am. You know, I've been given all of these visions, all of this word from God, all of this great stuff. And yet God needed to, for my own good, for my own sake, he needed to bring me down a few notches. And so he put this thing in my life to be there. And so because of that, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What does he mean by that? The strength of Christ in him carries him through even those areas where he is weak. And I want to encourage you with that today, that maybe, maybe that's where you are in whatever you're praying about too. That maybe God's answer for you is, hey, is my grace sufficient for you? Is my grace enough for you? Is, is my love enough for you? Is my mercy in Jesus Christ enough for you to cover this thing that's bothering you? I hope it is. hope you can say yes to that. But we can see without a doubt by looking at this account with Isaac here that God does answer prayers. And It goes on from there. Verse 22. The children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. So we see Isaac and Rebekah both going to the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. "'The one shall be stronger than the other. "'The older shall serve the younger. "'When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. "'The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak. "'So they called his name Esau. "'And afterward his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel.' So his name was called Jacob or grabber. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So enter Jacob and Esau. Like I said, Isaac's part of the story. He had babies, right? And now we're moving on um, to, to Jacob and Esau. And, and, and so with this, we see these promises of God still happening. And even as Rebecca is pregnant, you know she didn't go get a sonogram. You know there was no like gender reveal parties, like you know like what came out's what came out, right? Like that's the way it worked. Um, and and so she's like, "What is going on in my belly?" Right? And God said, "Hey, you've got twins in there, and they're already fighting. <laughs> they're already fighting." Welcome to the rest of your life of motherhood. <laughs> they're already fighting with one another inside of you. And from what we see from these two, I don't think they ever really stopped. You know, there's one, one peaceful moment kind of towards the end of their lives um, where Jacob goes in ready for a fight, but Esau's like, oh, I'm over it, you know. Um, and so, so yeah, we, we see this already from, from when they're just within her. And God says, "Hey, here's what's happening. There's two nations that are in your womb. Two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the older than the other. The older shall serve the younger. And so this was God's plan. from the start with them, before they' are even born, before they'd even done anything, God's like, "Hey, this, this one's going to be the stronger one." And Paul picks up on, on this. And uses it to really explain a lot to us about how God works. In the book of Romans, in chapter 9, uh, Paul talks about this and, and uses this story to explain how God works even in, in salvation and even in, in the things that he does. In Romans 9, I'll start in verse Verse 10. I hated. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So that it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up. That I might show my power in you. And that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. And you will say to me, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? And so, one of the toughest things in Scripture. For us to understand and something that christians have wrestled with ever ever since jesus rose from the dead it's how god's will and his plan and his calling and his election relate to our ability to choose him and ask him to be our lord and savior like how do those things go together And as you start to wrestle with that, and as you start to think about that, you get in the place that Paul's hitting at here where he's he's saying like, you know, I don't know if this is fair on God's part. And the answer is, as Paul says here, "Who who are you to question God? Who are you to say whether he's fair or not? And if this is a topic that you're wrestling with, that you're thinking about on your own, I just want to encourage you uh, to go to Romans and, and read Paul's whole argument. If you can read the whole book of Romans in one setting, I think you get the full argument. When we just pull out one passage like today, it's easy to, to lean to one side or the other of it. Okay? Um, but if you can't read the whole thing, start at least in chapter 8 and go to chapter 10. Okay, um, But in that, we, we see that, that yes, God is sovereign as it says here but also as he gets to later in chapter 10, all those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if this is something that concerns you and you you say, well, I don't don't know if I'm part of the elect or I don't know if this person I love and I care about is part of the elect. Well, what do you need to do to know? Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. And then you know that you are. Because if, if you call on Jesus as your Lord and savior, then scripture is clear that he is faithful and just, that his grace will cover you, his mercy will come to you. And for those of us that have done that, instead of this being a thing that causes division, a thing that causes concern for us, things that that makes us want to get all at each other's throat, this should be something as a Christian that the reason it's there. We should be able to say, wow, before the foundation of the world, the creator chose me. He loves me. He cares about me. My name is written in his Lamb's book of life because he cared about me before I was even ever born. In the same way that as as Jacob and Esau were in the womb, God had a plan for their life. God had a plan for my life before I ever even existed. And that's what we see is that God is sovereign And his plan and his timing are perfect. I'm sure Isaac and and Rebecca would have loved to have kids earlier. But God's timing was perfect. The twins were born right when they were supposed to be born. It was all in his hands. And he had it all under control. And so, what do we do with this? One... We know that God answers our prayers. Two, we know that God's in control. And so if he answers our prayers and he's in control, that's another reason for us to have great relief. That solves so much stress, so much worry, so much anxiety. God, I'm going to lift this up before you, and I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to put it at your feet, whatever you say. And, And if you say no... Then it's no. If you say yes, then hallelujah. All glory to you. Let's look at what only God could do. And let's give you praise and glory and honor for that. And I think I think that can be our takeaway from today's passage. Is all glory to God. Whether that's Him fulfilling His promises to an illegitimate son with twelve princes. Whether that's him answering the prayers of Isaac and blessing him with, with twins. Or whether that's the feud and everything that's already started within the womb of Rebecca relating to the twins. All glory to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are in control and we know that. And in your perfect plan and your perfect will, you sent your one and only son to suffer and die for us so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be made right with you. We know that that payment was made and that payment was received and it was marked paid in full by the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. And I thank you that we can have hope in that. Also, thank you for your promises of what's to come, of the future, of him coming again. Of us, those of us who are in Christ Jesus getting to go and be with him. Lord, I pray for anyone here who may not know you as their Lord and Savior. I pray that today you call them. I pray that today you bring them to yourself. I pray today you bring them to the end of themselves. That they might call out to you and say, yes, I need you, Jesus. I need you as my Lord and Savior. I have messed up. I have sinned. I have done wrong." And I want to be made right with God. Lord, we lift that up before you. God, thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for continuing to provide for us. Lord, we do pray that you will lead us and guide us in next steps and what we need to do as a church to continue to be a part of what you're doing because you're doing great things and we want to be a part of that. And God, I just lift this all up in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series we hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day